Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and you're listening to Smart, Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy. These amazing conversations gave me the stories and wisdom for my earlier book, Leading Women, which continues to be available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and your local bookstores. They also inspired me to write the new book, In This Together, How Successful Women Support Each Other in Work and Life, which came out in January 2019. You know, supporting women has always been a passion, purpose of mine until today, and I have interviewed only women in that pursuit. But as my most recent book advised and advises you, we can't do it alone, and it's past time to engage our male allies. Besides the amazing women working to advance women, there are many equally amazing men working in the service of diversity, supporting equality between men and women in leadership roles and in their lives. Now this week, I'm so pleased to introduce Ed Martin, a truly amazing man who I recently met at the annual Skoll World Forum in Oxford, England. Ed is a chief OmniWin officer and co-founder of the Fifth Element Group and the CEO of GoodExchange.com. His background includes key positions in several top Fortune 500 companies, including Kellogg, Coca-Cola, and Ford Motor Company, and serves on many, many boards regarding global peace and security initiatives, and, of course, helping to lead the Nobel Peace Prize Forum in Oslo, Norway. Wow. Besides serving as an executive in residence at Georgetown University, Ed has served in many advisory roles over the years. Not enough time to mention them all here, as well as working with the public and private sector to improve the quality of life for all of us, all of us in this world. Thank you, Ed. He also serves on the board of top women's leadership organizations, such as Athena International and the Canales Project. So I'm more than excited and so want to welcome Ed Martin, our first male ally to Smart Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy, and to learn more about the Fifth Element Group and how they're working to lead us into a sustainable future and a better world. Thanks, Ed, for being with me. Ed understands he's the first guy. He's the very first guy. What an honor, (laughs) and I am um, deeply grateful to be the the first guy on the phone here with you. Well, you know, this is my part of the story, but the rest is your story. But when I was in Oxford, England, with you speaking to the Fifth Element Group, it was a transformation for me. It was really a a major wake-up call because I had been talking about this, but I had not talked about it in a – uh, gender gender equality group. It was when we when I started really talking about male allies and and the importance of men and women working together. I could almost fit, sense in the group that there was a sigh of relief, mm. and this was coming from the from the men in the group. And I realized something very quickly. I thought, and until men understand that we women are not out to uh, cause problems or to point fingers, but that we're there strictly to help and to help one another. Something amazing happens. Yeah, well, I, you know, it's interesting when I saw some of the work that you were doing, including, you know, obviously your newest book and, and sort of looking at you almost, be, you, you need everybody, right? Yeah. And, and to be asked is a joy and a compliment to, to be yeah. along the ride. I, you know, I, to us, and I speak for the entire male gender, but I mean, it, it, I can speak for myself to say, 
you know, when people ask me to say, you know, can you be um, a part of a particular group that in an area that means something to you, yeah, yeah. to be included is is a gift, um, yeah. and it's it's a joyful opportunity to participate. And so that's you know, in some ways, I was asked very early on, uh, maybe 15 years ago, to start being involved in women in a particular organization. But as soon as I was asked to be involved with it, it just it unlocked the opportunities for us to kind of collaborate in ways yeah. that, that has really enriched me along the way, which was your whole point, right? It's, yeah. it's not a zero-sum game. It's, it's an omni-win opportunity for everybody. Oh, absolutely. I just um, spoke with a, a woman just a few weeks ago, and she is a part of Guys Who Get It Awards. And oh. <laughs> she has been working with gender par- partnerships for 20-plus years. You know, I have to be honest, Ed, I, uh, I used to carry a big stick, and I used to really be pounding the, pounding the pavement with it uh, for women's rights. But, you know, it's really human rights. And that's what, you know, and that's the cool thing is that people came up to me after I spoke in Oxford and they said, you know, this is really human rights. It's not pe- it's not women's right. It's not men's right. It's human rights. And I went, right. yeah, right. yeah. Well, and you look at something like that too, Nancy, and I, and I see this across, we, we do a lot of work with, um, um, in the investment community. We do a lot of work with brands and things like that. And, and even, Areas where we're trying to put together communities like um, we work with one group who does uh, a, a camp, uh, a CEO camp for uh, for folks with Down syndrome, right? And yeah. and just human beings who are you know in their journey, who are in their unique experience, all having gifts to unlock for us to to enjoy and and to be a part of that journey. Man, woman, you know, different race, religion, whatever. You know, if you focus at a human level, you begin to look at, uh, you know, different folks that you get to work with that that radically open up your own experience. So, so 100% there with you. Yeah. Well, uh, I just <laughs> I just went to a conference, and I'm going to stop there because I want to talk about you. But I just went to a conference on trans <laughs> transsexuals. Oh, you did. Okay. And. Uh, <laughs> Well, you know, the terminology is now kind of going to come down to us and them, we and us and them. Oh, you know, we're. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah, know what's going to happen, but you know, right. I I think it's okay for men to be men and women to be women, and and for us to continue to have those uh, <laughs> to be those things. But again, right. collaborating right. and and really connecting with each other. Okay, I got, I have some questions for you because this is really about you, Jay. It has nothing to do with me. It has to do with you, but. You know, the Fifth Element Group was an unbelievable experience for me and a new experience for me. You know, providing change makers with strategies and tools to create a better world. And that's just the tip of the iceberg, I know. But tell me about the name, but tell me about the Fifth Element Group, because this is definitely a game changer, no doubt in my uh, mind. Yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate you saying that. You know, it's interesting, Nancy and I gave a little bit of a backdrop in terms of how this sort of evolved into the Fifth Element Group. I had uh, spent my most of my life, as you know, in, in the corporate side. You know, I spent uh, since the... Since the early 90s, I was at the Kellogg Company, and then I went to Coca-Cola and the Citigroup, right. and then uh, I ran research at uh, market research at Ford Motor Company, and I got to a point where throughout that journey, I was surrounded by incredibly large structures and budgets and things of that nature, right. but I'd always wanted to be a part of kind of a purpose um, 
orientation. So I always kind of wanted to be a somebody like in the Peace Corps or something. <laughs> yeah, but sure. none of these places are the Peace Corps. So I had to kind of figure out, oh, how do I how do I potentially use the budgets that surrounded me in the company in order to unlock those to have a good impact for my business because that was my day job, but at the same time fund things like um, you know areas like poverty and health and education. And in the early 90s, I came across this model, um, and it was just sort of an accident. I sort of tripped into it where I was able to begin to use my market research monies to do research with, in, in some cases, let's say, for instance, you know, we need to do research with you know, a thousand moms who eat cereal once a week and, and like, like crunchy flakes or something. Okay, well, uh-huh. normally we would hire our research agency, and they would recruit the people who fit a particular demographic, and, and then we would pay the research agency. And I started discovering, I thought, wow, I, I'm actually having all these groups coming and asking me for funding, but if they mobilize their own community to mm-hmm, opt in mm-hmm. to engage the research, it would mm-hmm. be able to unlock my normal budget in the research side, which is far more than they were going to get on the corporate social responsibility side. And so since the early 90s, we ended up discovering that these models were really effective about gauging brands and consumers and then unlocking mm-hmm. funding for cause. And so over the years, we just kind of kept taking them with us through Coke and Kellogg's and, and Citigroup and Ford Motor Company. And I finally got to a point where I was realizing that I, was, I still wanted to spend more time, to be honest with you, in non-corporate type activities. And so I ended up doing work in the HIV area with a, a gentleman who is one of the leading members of ACT UP New York. I don't know if I ever told you this story or not, but he was just a, a hardcore activist, been arrested like a couple hundred times, had a few teeth, you know, just very interesting character um, and just very focused on trying to have impact in the HIV area. So right. we spent time together doing, you know, rapid HIV testing and things of that nature. And I did work from, you know, places from the Tanzanian diamond mines to places in Russia and, and things of wow. that nature. And then I discovered that, you know what, my main calling, my my value, I think my maximum value is inside large structures and helping arc them in ways that is more productive to sort of the greater good. And so I ended up at the Hershey Company. And that's where I started being asked to be involved in a lot of women's um, related groups. And, and uh, I, I used to run international research for the Hershey Company, and we used to have these really large gatherings that cut across maybe five or 10,000 people, I think, were involved with that. But it was all basically women, and I was similar to the kind uh, offer to be on your podcast here. I was also asked to be involved with some friends of mine who were part of running that, and, um, you know, once one thing happened, I actually brought in Lisa Gibbons. I don't know if you know Lisa or not. but Sure. Yeah, no, super of course. Nice, super nice. And she was sort of representative in my mind oftentimes what I see in powerful women. I look at Lisa as an example. She's, she's a perfect example of someone who is extremely successful in, in business, mm-hmm. but she has this level of compassion and, and level of courage and level of supporting, similar to you, other women who yeah. are along the way. And she's yeah. very focused on caregivers, which is a, it's another example where women are generally uh, still per- disproportionately involved in caregiving. But if you think of what that entails in terms of sacrifice and courage and strength, the, all the qualities I tended to admire uh, are heavily found <laughs> in yeah. In women. So I, I think that was partly why I started getting more and more deeply involved in that. 
And, you know, after Hershey, we, we uh, had another one of our co-founders for, for Good Exchange. The company that we started was a guy named Doug Pitt, one of your Missouri guys. Um, sure, I know uh, Doug. Which is Bra- Brad's yeah. brother, right? And, mm-hmm. and so Doug and I and uh, a few other folks, Jim Van Nurden and some others that you uh, met at Skull, we started the company in Good Exchange and, and ultimately with the idea of how can we get companies to do better in a way that lifted people at the mm-hmm. same time. Yeah. And that, that ultimately became, uh, we, we ended up selling that company into Fifth Element Group, and we're really focused on just being a global impact accelerator that works with everybody from you know leadership and companies to governments to the entertainment industry to ultra-high net worth folks to you name it. But the, the focus is always about how do we help support and amplify in what they're trying to achieve in a particular area of their life while also supporting the greater good. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one thing to always remember and to to take stock of is that women buy 85% or probably more than products and services, especially in the United States. Yeah. You know, and but women still don't control the market. You know, the market controls women. And so yeah. I've always said, "Wait, wait, if we're the ones controlling the the buying power of these products and services why don't we have a better a better handle on on what's being sold and how it's being sold to us you mm-hmm. know and 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 the greater good of the product itself you know and so yeah. th- i think this is where we all have to come together is that women have a great buying power but they don't seem to know how to control the market itself so i mean there's a, i mean i'm not saying women i'm saying some women and i think what you're talking about which is the the greater good which is companies who are selling products and services are now saying, wait a minute, you know, if we sell products and services that are for the greater good of the of the world itself, you know, we're we're all going to win. And then yeah, all absolutely. the people that work in those companies understand that they're change agents as well. And again, you talk about all these sustainable development goals, but to really start the impact that we all can have as consumers, but also as producers, as yeah. far as really creating a, a this you know, and again, the fifth element, where the name came from, when I think of fifth element, I think about the human factor, the human yeah, element. Yeah, and, yeah, and the, <laughs> well, yeah, and you're exactly right. I mean, actually, it's interesting. When we launched the company, it's about, about a year and a half ago, uh, yeah. five, which, as you know, stands for gender equity, SDG five, right? So right. The, the idea, it has a, a couple of different plays to the word fifth element group. One is SDG five. We we just, we believe as a company that as gender equity increases all the other Sustainable development goals will increase as well. Poverty, um, clean water initiatives, education, environment. But we feel, um, and, it, and it's you know, it's not just our, our as I say, it's not our, just our feeling. It's just data, right. <laughs> it's data over and over and over again that shows as gender equity um, heads in the right direction, it lifts all the other SDGs as well. But the other part of of the, you know, you've heard of, you know, the second industrial revolution, the third, the fourth, and, right. and we we've sort of I say we've come around this idea of the fifth um, industrial revolution, which it, it sort of arcs back from, you know, technology uh, beginning to take almost control of humanity to having it be a, in service of humanity again, right? At the end of the day, I mean, all, all this stuff we're, we're, you know, moving at such rapid pace. If it's not ultimately serving human beings, then it's obviously m- misguided. So this yeah. idea of purpose 
um, and, and understanding how it's our, our whole self is, is really a focus on the fifth industrial revolution. And it's interesting, one of the things you mentioned on the commerce side and women um, having such powerful voice in what, what is purchased and what is manufactured, one of the groups that we're very, very deeply partnered with is a group called See Her. I don't know if you ever have heard right. of that group or not, uh-huh. but it's very much focused on um, the largest brands in the world. Wonderful folks, like a Mark Pritchard, chief marketing officer at, at Procter & Gamble. I think they probably spend more money on marketing than, than you know, that was a five, six, seven billion dollars, something like that, a lot of money on marketing. Right. And, and when you put media out there, and whether you're a Procter & Gamble or a Walmart or AT&T or whomever, there is an enormous amount of money being put out to create images and, and stories around um, their products that, uh, that also have women and girls involved in those stories and products. And part of the See Her movement's focus, or a big part of why it started, was because you know, the, a lot of the messaging that these advertisers, you know, on purpose or not, th- were putting out there were, were very, very two-dimensional. In terms of you know, here's a woman standing next to a house product or something, uh, or home cleaning product, or it's just a very non-representative or aspirational for people. They didn't have a lot of Dr. Nancys (laughs) or Lisas or or Shelley Zalises, who runs kind of helps run the Seher movement, helped found that. But that whole point was to say, look, if we're going to be spending billions and billions of dollars on advertising, that's going to happen every year. Let's uh-huh. make sure, let's make a commitment as brands that we're putting out money in a way that, that when the ads do come out, that they actually move people towards an understanding of women and girls as, as in STEM fields or as astronauts or, as, or whatever sure. uh, women and girls should be characterized based on the current roles that are placing in society that just don't get represented in advertising. So it's things like that, that even the basic commerce play uh, and, and at the same time, by the way, when women um, see ads that are more representative of sure. real women, sure. um, guess who, who, you know, it has an impact on buying, sure, right? It so it's, it's a virtuous circle that keeps companies moving both in their profitable um, growth side as well as, as, as being more representative and, and supporting things that are more accurate in, in, uh, in gender. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you talk about the fifth industrial revolution but we as men and women girls and boys have to know really where we're coming from you know women need to uh, less fear and, and be able to use their voices boys and men i mean again it's just it's again how we do see see each other working together and coming together in in so many other ways now it's, it's exciting but okay I, I didn't really ask you the personal part in which i think is always important but how in the world did you get to be who you are today? How did it begin? Who, who, who was your mentor? Who, who basically did Ed look up to and go, okay, one day I want to be like this person? As you said, you've, you've really been very much into social impact and social change for most of your life, but where did that come from? I know we're, we're digressing, but I think that's, that is so important that we understand. I understand why I'm doing what I'm doing today. Yeah, well, yeah, thank you for uh, that question. I, you know, I, I, I'm thinking about where it started for me. I mean, it it's probably almost sounds horribly cliche, but it's true that if I look at someone that, that I admire that, is, that, that has incredible strength and, and kindness and courage, it is my mom. Yeah. And I look at her and self-sacrifice. There are certain qualities in people um, that I just gravitate towards. 
mm-hmm. kindness, um, inclusion, people who bring other folks in from the margins, and, and whoever they are, yeah. um, that feel like they're being excluded. People who are sort of just a very servant leader, um, and, and my mother <laughs> is about as representative of that as I could possibly think. So that was always my backdrop at the earliest age of how I perceive women, right? And and, yeah. and then growing up with my sister, who's a, little, a year and a half older than me, mm-hmm. uh, she became a, uh, a medical doctor. And my wife, you know, MBA in marketing. And I, I guess I've always been sort of surrounded in some ways by just women who were and were representative of just being incredible contributors in all kinds of different ways. But the things that, you know, as I, I started reading in, in college, I got very involved in, um, uh, very deeply emotionally involved in the whole South African apartheid. One of the early uh, times for me that I, it really struck me how level, the level of ignorance that I had around being aware of things outside my own little bubble, really. Oh. You know, I grew, out, grew up outside of Detroit um, in a suburban area here, and I just live in my life, doing my thing, and as a high school kid and, and you know, going into college and just unaware how different it was for, uh, for other people. I just had that level, level of ignorance. But as that began to peel back a little bit, just based on um, some different experiences and learning, that was something that hit hit a chord with me that I knew, you know what, I'm, there's something in that that I want to spend the rest of my life doing. And I was a bit unsure how to get there. And I ended up, to be honest with you, I just sort of ended up going to college. And then I ended up in, as my, uh, in grad school because I had, like, no clue, like, what I wanted to do. So it bought <laughs> me a few, <laughs> a few more years. And uh, but then I got out. I was like, now I have my MBA in marketing, and I did not want to necessarily be in a corporate. But that's, you know, if you get an MBA in marketing, yeah, that's what you study to be. <laughs> yeah, that's where you're supposed to go. And uh-huh. I, I, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, I said I ended up my first corporate job was at the uh, was at the Kellogg Company, and everybody. Cause I used to talk about cause related stuff all the time. So anytime someone would have anything related to anything, cancer, clean water, poverty, whatever it was, mm-hmm. they would always kind of come my way. Yeah. And then, you know, there's, there's a million causes. I mean, there, there's so many and so many good ones. Um, but when people would ask me for money, because I work for these large corporations, right. you know, they rightfully thought like, hey, Ed, I know Ed, uh, he cares about it, so why not try sure. to get 100 grand for something? But that wasn't my budget, and I was really, I'd be honest with you, Nancy, I was really very conflicted about staying. I thought, you know what, this is not even what I want to do. I, I yeah. said, I want to be, I want to do something with the Peace Corps. I want to do something. I just didn't want to be in a corporate. But while I was figuring it out, um, I was trying to think through it, I realized, like, well, wait a minute. Actually, the budgets that I have are not the giving budgets. They're the marketing budgets. But if I started using this in a way to solve my business problems, and then it, that could unlock funding to support education or, um, you know, cancer-related yeah. things yeah. Or, or poverty, whatever. That now that's something. So the first time that happened, it was it was like an epiphany for me. I'm like, oh yeah. my goodness, that worked really well. I got, yeah. from my standpoint as a business person, I ended up some engaging at a lower cost with deeper engagement. It was a better return on investment. It just purely financially. And it gave me access now. Now, all of a sudden, I was in a position where as long as I could come up with these good exchanges, it would allow me to continue to do this work. 
And so the first thing that you fund, um, all of a sudden, as you probably know, uh, you start funding one thing, and all of a sudden other people come. And sure. then one they thing hear quickly. Another. <laughs> and after several years of that, and I've moved uh, to Coca-Cola at the time and into Citigroup and Ford Motor Company, the Internet started you know, coming online in terms of getting more pervasive and mobile phones. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Now I can almost reach every human in the world who cares about something, and most do, sure. and if I can just turn these companies toward these brands mm-hmm. in a way that would allow both to win and the causes all mixed together, I could create these massive, what we call these omni-wins. Like There is no zero-sum loss. It's, it's everybody wins at the same sure. time. And then I got to a point where I was doing that fairly frequently, but I felt I still felt like I was spending a big part of my day in things that it, it wasn't focused on what I was trying to do. Not making from the impact a, you from wanted. An impact standpoint. So one day I was at this. Um, I got very involved in the HIV crisis. We had some serious issues, um, as you obviously remember, and and. Sure during the days where the antiretrovirals were, were not really that pervasive. And certainly throughout markets that I worked in in Africa, there wasn't a lot of help. So we had some really forward-thinking folks at Ford, Ford Motor Company who were doing some great things in our plants in, near Johannesburg and, and some other places in South Africa. And I, and I started getting involved in the HIV area because I realized that I had been placed in an organization and in an area where if billions and billions of dollars were being spent by, let's say, as an example, in this particular case, it was the PEPFAR, which is part of the state um, government's um, AIDS emergency relief fund. If I could help direct any of that in a way that got more efficient um, impact in terms of AIDS prevention, I mean, now I can use my skills as a marketer, as understanding consumers, and, and putting that money to work in a way that really would lift people. And one day I was Standing in, in in a little tiny area, had uh, a bunch of fancy folks, suits and ties and things like that, and, and I had uh, Angelina Jolie was there, Condi Rice, a whole bunch of like, you know, very yeah. you know, well well to do and famous people or what have you, and then I was standing next to a guy who looked like just did not fit, <laughs> and very disheveled, very. Yeah. I just, I mean, you know, and, and I started talking to him. I'm like, hey, how are you? You know, and he said, hey, how are you? And and I found out that this is the guy that I was mentioning before. He he was one of the leading members of ACT UP New York, a very hardcore militant group, but right. been near dead almost three times from HIV-related complications, et cetera. But in about 20 minutes, we really connected very at a very deep level, even though he had radically different style. And that goes back and forth. It could be um, gender differences, could be socioeconomic, sure. race differences, whatever. But at a heart level, at a love one another level, we were we were very very similar in terms of what we thought about life. And so he ended up becoming a business partner. He and I, when I left Ford Motor Company, and we traveled the world together doing AIDS work. And he's about as different of a personality from me than I've ever sure. worked with, right? Yeah. So, But yet we were very successful together because I could bring in certain groups, he could bring in certain groups. So it showed me, and it goes back to the, the gender-related issue too, even if I only in this particular case had 5% in common with him, uh-huh. it was such a deep 5%, um, it was plenty to start the journey. And by the uh-huh. time that we got done along the journey together, uh, we realized we're, we had a lot more similarities. And that's yeah. a big deal. For me as well, when when different genders don't work together, or different races, or different whatever, whatever the whatever difference that people want to identify between groups, 
it, they tend to have a cartoon character-esque view of people. Yeah. But yeah. when you're working together on something that matters in a major way mm-hmm. and you're coming across all these different groups in order to, to bring hope or bring something of significance forward, now by the very nature of you working together um, in that way, you get to know people very, very differently and very, very deeply. And I've been very fortunate and blessed to have worked with some just absolutely extraordinary men and women in different groups, different ages, different, you know. So that's, for me, honestly, the, 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 I look at business. Fifth Element Group is no different. Everything I've done since I've started has been how do I use the structures that I'm been, I've been fortunate enough to find myself in in yeah. order to help create these omni-wins. That's all yeah. I do. I, you know, when people ask me what my exit strategy is, I say, well, pretty much to drop dead doing this. I mean, <laughs> that's basically what I do. You know, uh, I, I don't... Well, it's apparent just hearing you that the passion is just it's there and what you're doing is so, so important. And, you know, I also see you having a lot of fun doing this, too. I mean, I watched you. I I watched the people. I mean, there was such camaraderie and so much care and love of each other. And, you know, how can we help each other? How can we work together? You know, in this together is the book name. But I say this all the time now. We're in this together. And I think I'm starting to hear this more and more people are talking about. But when we all, yeah, you're right. When we start to work together, the, the all the commonalities come out. All the differences mm-hmm. disappear. But I think yeah. initially people start out, well, you're different than I am, and I'm different than you are. But then when we start to work together, we're really a lot more alike than we than we really know. Yeah, well, he, you say helping is, fun, is marketing. It, there's no doubt about it. I mean, there's no – I've never had more fun in my life, believe it or not, Gift, giving money away and watching it do great things, and and there's yeah. so many people that if they understood, it's not it's 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 a hand, it's lifting people, lift as you go, but it's if we could all be alive and watch what we can do while we're living in this world and and the impact and the change that we could create and can create is it's it would be remarkable. Okay, I got two questions, and I know you've got to run, and I know it's just. Time flies. We could talk for we could talk forever on this stuff because I love it too. But what can men do to help women with gender equality? What can men do today? It's it's interesting because I have been able to find bringing in other men who may not necessarily have had the background that I have had or the 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 opportunities I've had to be a part of these different women's um, related networks or communities or things like that. But I even as an example, I had. Uh, I'm on the board of another group called um, uh, Athena International, which is a large uh-huh. women's international business group. And and I brought in, I recruited one of my uh, one of my male colleagues because he, I, I know I know his heart. You know Mark uh, Sadovnik, so I know uh-huh. his heart. Uh-huh. Know what he's about. I know his orientation in terms of diversity, inclusion, things like that. Bringing in other folks, being the uh, another man who once he's invited to bring in other like-oriented men who can uplift everybody while they're sure. being um, filled at the same time. So that's one aspect. I find myself recruiting a lot of, <laughs> it sounds like the wrong word, but recruiting, but bringing in other men who, who I believe have a, have a similar focus, a similar omni-win focus, and recognizes yeah. uh, that collectively we're so much all better together. The other part of it is focusing heavily on relationships. I, I you know, it's yeah. interesting in some ways. It's partly 
maybe why I was asked in the very beginning to be involved in some of this stuff. I am relationship above everything else. Right. Meaning like there, there's Absolutely. no person who is a means to an end to me. It yeah. is about the person who I'm having a conversation with or I'm talking to or I'm working mm-hmm. with. How it all works together in some thing that we might co-create is totally fine. But if nothing happens with that part of it, that's not the point. It's yeah. a very deeply relational thing for me. So, so in some ways, that relational aspect and helping, helping unlock the understanding that <laughs> you know, getting a KPI is wonderful. I'm very objective-driven. Um, we all are. Totally get it. But there's zero chance that KPI is going to um, be more important than the people and the relationship along the way, yeah. because that's the whole point to me in life. You know, I look at that as a as an end goal to pour into as many people, and by doing that, you just said it. I mean, it, it pours immediately back into you, and so that's the other aspect. There, there, men have been very much socialized that it's a win-lose dynamic that has yeah. never been for whatever reason i'm not wired that way and yeah. i think to help bring the omni win perspective into the other communities of men that i'm involved with has has been a joy for me because the vast vast majority get it either inherently or when they're brought into the mix and feel it and see it then it's a very very easy transition yeah it's not about performance but it is about relationships and i think the companies that are truly becoming more and more successful understand that not not only the relationships within their companies, but the relationships that they're developing outside their companies. Oh, as and, well. and they become more more profitable. I mean, yeah. the irony, Nancy, is that is that because of that 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 because of that being a lead, the other stuff comes. Yeah. It's kind of like the scripture says, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and and then all these things will come. And so it's it's that just happens as a byproduct of pouring deeply and investing deeply into people and lifting people yeah. um, that the the end game of that just as an, a byproduct I call it byproduct cause it's not the it's not the overarching intent but it happens to drive you look at all the data as well it drives more profitable growth for companies we, yeah. we talk a lot about brand warmth um, at fifth element group and there's a really really clear link between an increase in brand warmth um, and overall profitable growth for the long term and success <laughs> of a company and a I lot like of that, that. brand brand war. I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Well, okay, last question. What can women do to help men to help us, to help women in this process? Well, what you can know we what? do? You, it exactly what you did. You, you invited me and that yeah. made that made the world of a difference. And you also honestly um men as much as as anybody else need some hey, you know, recognition when yeah. You say, you know what, you're, this area, Ed or Bob or Joe, whatever, you, you did a good job <laughs> in that area. I, mean, I have ama- amazing women in my life who can yeah. help help correct um, some potential errors in thinking that I have as it relates to areas, but they also are very quick to find things that I'm perhaps doing better and recognizing that as well. But in general, th- there may be some perception that men – yeah, whatever. They don't care. Or they don't don't need to be recognized yeah, or things no, like that. And no. it's totally the opposite. Yeah. If you if you find somebody doing something good in that particular area, if you can just you know give them a head nod or recognize sure. them. And the other part was the inviting. You invited me, and, yeah, and because of, I did, I, I was I was thrilled <laughs> and I was excited about it. And good. now I'm just even tripling down. You know, I'm I just excited about it. So well, I think those 
things are examples. I'm going to, I'm going to also ask you to to give me some names of other men that you think would be also love to be invited because I'm I'm all about this now. I really am. I'm just mm-hmm. I, I woke up and I'm I'm a, I'm awake now and I'm I'm taking nourishment and I'm I'm seeing the world in a much better way and I'm going to do things that it's because we're all in this together, Ed, and you and me and uh, Carrie and all the wonderful people at Fifth Element. I'm I'm so excited about what you're all doing. You know, there's something really exciting and extremely moving when you're in a room full of people that you know, you know, men, women, whoever's in that room are all about making the world a better place. It's all yeah. about improving and making the better yeah. place. It really is. I mean, I was. I, I think that's the, that, that's what I went away from in, in England yeah. was that I thought I'm in, I'm with one of the best groups of people I could ever be with because we're all on the same page. Now all we do all we do now is go out and find more of us. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, I have to say uh, you were a, 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 a huge uh, highlight. For, for everybody there as well. So we're wow. excited to, to see uh, everything that you're doing be amplified because as that grows and that scales, it's going to lift um, this whole movement. And uh, it's one that I think it's time has come for folks to look at the, at the world through an omni-win lens. Yeah. It's just a better, more peaceful, happier way to do it versus always this I, I lose, you win, you lose, we win yeah. kind of mentality. Yeah. So. No, it's more fun too. I like the fun part. I love, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, well, Ed, you haven't heard the last of me, and you haven't seen the last of me. But uh, <laughs> like I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, uh, I'm gonna be tapping you on the shoulder for some other, other great uh, opportunities to talk to men and and how I can help with Fifth Element as well because oh, I'm all nice. in. I'm all, all in. All right. Ed. Well, I've got things that I need to talk to you about the Nobel and other areas as well. So I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Well, you have a wonderful day, and happy belated 4th of July, and we'll be in touch, okay? All right. Well, thanks so much. Have a great rest of the day. Ed, thank you.